the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, everybody. This is Ron Geyer with End Time Insights. Thanks so much for tuning in again. We know that your time is valuable. We know that God sends people across your path that you are to listen to, that you are to receive what they have to say as if they're speaking the voice of God. I would like to think that I'm included in your repertoire of Christian encouragers that will give you the Bible truths. We don't fool around. I try not to give you my opinion. We're going to give you the what the Bible says. We're going to give you what Peter and Paul and Jesus say, and we hope the Holy Spirit will quicken to you that what we're saying is true. You'll get God's revelation. You'll understand. You'll move on, and you'll grow stronger and stronger. That's the whole idea. The Bible says, speaking the truth in love. Why? That we may grow thereby. Hallelujah. We finished up with the five warnings against apostasy in the book of Hebrews, and today we're going to start five warnings by Jesus called the five Bible bewares by Jesus. Five times Jesus says beware. And the first one we're going to talk about is in Matthew chapter 10, verse 17, where Jesus says, but beware of men. Yes, that's the first one. And that's a good place to start. Jesus knows what he's talking about. And it's such a dangerous place out there for the Christian. And so we're going to break this down for you, hopefully warn you and prepare you. We just don't warn you for the sake of throwing people under the bus. We warn you so that we can prepare you so that you don't get taken down. You don't fall away from grace. You don't lose your faith. You don't get distracted or neglected or taken captive by the enemy. Matthew ten seventeen. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils and they will scourge you in their synagogues. Now, in Matthew 24, there still are more warnings, but those go to people in the tribulation. We're not going to be here. I'm trying to keep you in touch with the warnings that Jesus and Peter and Paul gave us while the church is still here. The warnings that are taking place during the tribulation in Matthew 24, that's not for us. They're more dangerous. They're more cruel. They'll kill you. They'll take you. They'll take away your homes. They'll destroy you. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the warnings that apply to us, the church, today in 2022. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and they will scourge you in the synagogues. Right off, notice the dual threat from mankind. The councils, they represent the civil government and the synagogues represent religious government. And Jesus says you got to be aware of both. Men will deliver you up to councils. That's what the civil government will do. And they will scourge you in their synagogues. That's where the church religion is. And he's warning them about that because you're going to be threatened by both. Both godly men, supposedly, and both that make no pass at being Christians. They are a threat to you, both of them. And in Matthew ten seventeen, in Matthew ten sixteen, right before that, Jesus says, I send you out as sheep 
in the midst of wolves. And then he tells you in Matthew 17, but beware of men. So, you know, the wolves, they devour sheep. Wolves are the antagonist against sheep and they devour sheep. They destroy sheep and they go in packs. You just really rarely see one wolf attacking one sheep. Normally they hunt in packs. And so we want to be careful because Jesus says, I'm sending you out as sheep, but you're going in the midst of the wolves and you must be careful. You must heed these warnings. Therefore, I'm telling you, beware of men. Hallelujah. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Basically, he's telling them that you are going to be overmatched. You're going to be overmatched materially. You're going to be overmatched physically. You're going to be at a disadvantage against evil mankind. But your advantage will be in your wisdom that I'm going to give you, along with the peace that I'm going to give you. You're going to carry my peace. You're going to walk in my wisdom And that's your advantage. Your advantage is in the spirit. But in the natural realm, if you start walking in the flesh, if you start dealing with these attempts, these people, these men on a carnal level, you will lose. You are overmatched. They are physically stronger than you. They have more money than you. And they'll be able to go ahead and take the advantage of you. Don't ever forget, though, you have the wisdom of God and you've got the peace of God. You've got what matters most. Remember, Jesus said they are my enemies as well. What men do to me they will do to you also and because the servant is not above his master. But remember, you must preach what I preach because this is how you will be at the disadvantage. If you enter into the carnal realm, you will be defeated. You must stay in the walk in the spirit. You must stay in the walk in love. You must stay in the spirit of truth. That is where the Holy Spirit operates. What did I wrote this down yesterday. It was really good. Let's see. Grace is the environment in which the Holy Spirit lives and operates Faith is the force by which men access that grace. Truth is the spirit that keeps us in grace. And love is the evidence that we are living in grace. That's really good. I like that. I wish I would have wrote it down today. I'm shocked that I remembered it. Thank you, Lord. Okay, Galatians 1, 11 and 12. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. It is not what man has told me to preach. It is what Christ has told me to preach. For I didn't receive the gospel of man or by man, neither was I taught it by man, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Paul is telling the people, Jesus sent them out, and he says, be wise uh, as serpents, be harmless as doves, because you're going out in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be careful. And over here, Paul gives him the same charge. He says, be careful, go out there. The gospel Make sure you keep on telling these men that I send you to that it was given to you by Christ. Don't change it. Once you change the gospel, you are on the enemy's territory. You lose your protection, you lose your favor, and you are just subject to all sorts of attacks by evil men. Today's Western church is full of the gospel of men. It's obvious. In our arrogance, in our wisdom, in our fear, in our carnality, our pride, in our lust for power, it is almost unrecognizable, this gospel that we're preaching, and we've let the fear of men do that to us. Jesus didn't say that, but you have got to be so careful because all of your carnality will put you under the authority of men. Instead of fearing God, you're going to be fearing the wrong things. You're going to be fearing men. And might I remind you, this assault on Christ gospel It wasn't done by evil men. It wasn't done by the world. 
it was accomplished in the church. That's why Jesus warns him. He goes, be careful of those in government, in civil government, and be careful of those in religion, in religious government, because they both are after your soul. They both will assault you. They are my enemies. They'll be your enemies, too. And, you know, the church, we don't take time to separate ourselves from the world anymore. We wind up substituting carnal knowledge for revelation knowledge. Today's American pastors are led by business models rather than led by the Holy Spirit. The government says shut down. We say yes. That's not spirit living, folks. That's carnal living, which leads to fear and it leads to compromise. And the church is full of both. Don't think for a minute that the dangers from man that Jesus was talking about came only or primarily from ungodly men. The greatest danger from men to today's church comes from men in the pulpit, men from within the kingdom of heaven, men in the church. So Paul echoes Jesus's warning when he's writing to the church at Philippi. Philippi chapter 2, verse 15, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Our nation, America, is also crooked and perverse, and Paul's telling these folks, hey man, be careful. Don't let anybody say anything against you. Keep your behavior holy as becoming children of God. The church has given over the dialogue on moral issues to the political leaders, right? The church goes one way, the nation follows that. We're supposed to be holding the moral ground, but no, because the church is corrupt, guess what's happened to America? America is corrupt. The moral state of our union mirrors the moral state of the church. It's a truism, but it was designed to be the other way around. The good moral character of the church was to influence our nation for godliness. Instead, our evil character of the church is leading to increased corruption in the nation. The church has given over the issues such as abortion, um, uh, homosexuality, murder, divorce. We've given these over to the politicians, and the politicians are telling us what's right and what's wrong. These are not political issues. These are moral issues. These are spiritual issues, and the church is supposed to be taking the high ground on these, but for some reason we refuse to dialogue on that. Therefore, the political leaders of America are speaking with prophetic voices for their father, Satan. And unfortunately, the people and sadly the church, we are following them. We've got it all backwards here. The church is totally upside down. We're out of the debate. We're not even in the game. The prophets of God, while they are well-meaning men, are also influenced by them. Who? The false prophets, the people who are speaking for Satan politically. And they are speaking out of their spirits, the men of God are, but we're not speaking for God. Jeremiah fourteen fourteen in the Amplified, then the Lord said to me, those prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them or appoint them or command them or speak to them. They have been prophesying false visions, idolatries, worthless magic, divination, and their own wishful thinking through the deceit of their hearts. The men who call themselves prophets today in the church, most of them are deceived in their hearts. This verse here details a huge problem for the church today. The dangers for men is in the church. Not only in the church, but in America. Basically, we don't have too much to fear from our political leaders. I mean, they're attempting to shut us down, and it will only get worse as we get closer to the return of Christ. But basically, our biggest dangers are from the men in the pulpits. Just like in Jeremiah's day, men, false prophets, false teachers, they were speaking out of their own spirits instead of speaking for God. The problem was their spirits were deceived. 
their hearts were deceived. They were speaking lies, and they were prophesying from their own wishful thinking. Does that sound familiar? Donald Trump, anybody, right? They were prophesying that Trump was going to win a second turn, and he didn't. I only heard one man apologize uh, for being wrong. Now, none of them that got it wrong are prophets. A prophet is never wrong. If you're speaking for God as a prophet, you are never, ever wrong. If you are wrong one time, that just proves that you weren't sent from God in the office of a prophet. You can repent and apologize, but basically you're not speaking thus saith the Lord anymore. You're not a prophet. So, another danger for men in the church who claim to speak for God. They too are deceived, and if you follow them, like we do, you too are going to be deceived. And if your pastor is deceived, guess what? You too will be deceived. Great. I wonder how many, what's the percentage of people we've got in America who claim to be Christians who are walking around with deceived hearts because they follow the wrong people. I can only surmise by the carnal, compromised, courageless character of the church today what a high percentage that is. Ultimately, though, the only voice left that speaks truth is the Bible. You cannot leave off the Bible. If your church isn't preaching from the pulpit, the Bible, thus saith the word of God, leave, run, go find a place where the Bible is being taught. You know, the church, we got to have revival, a revival of Bible reading. You know, it's disappearing as well, and it's rarely the focus of pulpit teaching these days. Let's look at some more dangers for men as Paul echoes Jesus' warning to the church. Uh, let's see, Colossians 2.8, Paul writes, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, following the tradition of men, according to the rudiments of the world and not in accordance with Christ. Uh, the Living Bible, let me see if I can clean that up for you. Don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies. They're wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of on what Christ has said. Bible, Bible, Bible. I don't believe anybody anymore just about. I'm sorry. I believe the Bible. Hallelujah. The danger here is that these men in the pulpit are not substituting their thoughts and their pagan doctrines for the gospel. They're not taking away what's been written and putting in their own thoughts. That's not what they're doing. That would be great if that's what they were doing. But they are combining their thoughts. They are combining their pagan doctrines with what's been written. Most famous preacher on TV, Joel, talks about having a positive confession of faith. There's a perfect example right there. Faith. Yes, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith. Faith is a spiritual force. It's a spiritual principle. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, he's combining his pagan love, the positive teaching, the positive confession of Zig Ziglar, of uh, Norman Vincent Peale, and he's mixing that in with the truth of the gospel. I'm sorry, folks. Repeat after me. Levin always wins. When you mix leaven with truth, truth does not win. Leaven wins. You've got to understand that. The gospel is pure. The gospel doesn't need any man's help. Word of faith, men, they're using scripture to justify their own spirit of covetousness. You are being taken captive, saints. You're spoiled, as the King James reads, and your soul is in great danger. Flee from these men. Flee from their doctrines. Flee from their pagan gospel. You must be warned. You must be wise. You must be protected in the name of Jesus. Remember Paul's comments to Timothy about end time mankind's behavior? This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous times were going to come not because of global warming or climate change or 
flying meteors or, or even Russia invading Ukraine. Perilous times would come as a result of the behavior of anti-mankind where he rejects Jesus and his word. He is not warning us because times are going to be bad. Yes, times are going to be bad, but times are going to be bad because man is going to be bad. That's what Paul is warning Timothy about. Evil mankind. And Jesus said, beware of men. Unfortunately, Paul's warning to Timothy of the behavior of church folk, not those who openly profess to the enemies of Christ. Paul was warning Timothy of the deception of the false within the church. Second Timothy chapter three, verses four through five. And I use these scriptures all the time, but it's good that I say them all the time. You need to learn them over and over and over because once the dangers leave, I'm going to quit preaching this stuff. But hey, guess what? The dangers don't leave. You leave, hallelujah, but the dangers don't leave. Second Timothy 3, verses 4 and 5. These people are going to be traitors. They're going to be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. These folks love God. Who loves God? The people in the world? The heathen? No. The church people say they love God. These are the people that you need to be careful of. They're going to be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They love God, but they love their flesh more. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Does the world have a form of godliness? No. Who has a form of godliness? Church folks, religious people. These are the ones. Paul says to Timothy, from such turn away. Men in the church. Jesus, beware of men. Men in the church, in your church, in my church. Jesus knows their hearts. Here the warning written, it's rather wild, turn away. But in other places it's much stronger. Run from them as if your life depended upon it, the message reads, because it does. Uh, here's another message uh, version about Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. This is great. <laughs> the message, we get a kick out of the message, my wife and I. Some of the language is great. There's a scripture, Hosea is talking about the false prophets or, or the people that weren't listening to the to the true prophets. And he says, some of them I had to slap. Some of them I had to take by the hair and pull by the head to get their attention. I love it. Hear the message, verses chapter 3, Timothy, 2 Timothy, verses 1 through 5. Don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed. They're going to be money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderous, impulsively wild, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags, addicted to lust and allergic to God. Ouch. They'll make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, their animals stay clear of these people. I mean, you know, the message, it, it's, it's fun. Don't use it as your sole source. Use the King James, but, uh, you know, I love the way the message approaches some of these issues. Yes, this is directed at church people, by the way. Those people he was just talking about, he's talking about church people. Sorry, folks. I, I don't trust anybody. I've got my selected group, and we've got... I, I'm sure there's people out there that are trustworthy. I just don't know them. I, I'm sure we've got probably within our circle of the people we allow to minister to us, you know, there's probably eight or ten people that we trust. You know, we do a lot of study, the commentary in what's called Precept Austin, and, you know, most of the people that I trust there, they're dead. You know, they didn't get stuck in the uh, apostasy that we're going through to the level that we are. Uh, you know, people like Calvin and Luther and Spurgeon, uh, people like Barclay, they don't all 
are not of the same clique as I might be, but some of the truths that they give, I'm, I'm telling you, they are fabulous, and I love it, and we're very selective. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians five sixteen. So from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view. That's what I'm saying. I don't know anybody of the flesh anymore. According to worldly standards and values, we don't value them anymore. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know him from that point of view. Paul says, I know no man after the flesh, and I don't want to know any man after the flesh either. I want to know people by their spirit. And I can tell you where you are. I can tell where you're from. I can tell who your God is by just listening to you speak for five minutes. We talk about the things that we love. Here's a helpful hint. If, and this is a huge if, if you know Christ, you will know his people. Amen. I used to be quiet when someone would tell me that they have heard from the Lord. You know, I don't ever wish to challenge anyone on that. You and your relationship is between you and your God. But when it affects me, first, I will look to make sure that what someone is saying lines up to God's word. If it doesn't, and I mean absolutely match, I don't, I don't give any wiggle room, I'm sorry. If it doesn't match up to the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, it goes on the shelf. It doesn't mean I don't like them or I don't respect them. But we're all men, and we all have fallen short of the glory of God. It's just the nature of the flesh. It can't be helped. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The devil's children, they're rolling along, doing the will of their father, and they definitely pose a threat to us. Jesus, beware of men. But it is church man who poses the greatest danger. Remember, both tares and wheat are in today's kingdom of heaven. Only the mature child of God will be able to tell the difference. Both wheat and tares have been planted. They look alike, and they can't be separated by man without destroying the wheat. Remember, Jesus isn't going to take them out. He's going to send the angels uh, at his return, and then they're going to take out the tares first, and they're going to leave the wheat, and then they'll harvest the wheat. They don't wish to destroy the true people of God while they're dealing with the poison of the tares. Church folks tried that, remember? Remember Constantine, who... uh, wanted to make everybody Christians, and so many people were killed in the name of religion. Remember the Salem witch trials? Remember the Crusades, the Catholic Crusades? All attempts at protecting or cleansing the church by mankind, and it always results in horrendous injustice and tremendous bloodletting. So we must live together in the heavenly kingdom here on the earth until Jesus sends his angels. So we're all going to live here together on the earth, tares and wheat, until at the end time, Jesus separates us. And that's his job. It's not man's job. It's God's design, so don't worry about it. As much as I don't like it, I trust it. I trust God. Unfortunately, the tares are poison, especially to the young, immature Christian. However, we are required to judge between us, between the fellow Christians who walk disobediently, as Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 5, and recognizing what a tear is and what a true Christian is. Paul talked about the guy that was sleeping with his father's uh, second wife. And so he talks to him and he says, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. That's why God puts these warnings in the Bible. We are our brother's keeper. You got to watch out for mankind. Yes, even men in the church. That's why you have to know them after the spirit, as Paul says. That's why God puts so many warnings in the Bible for the church and in the Old Testament for the Jew. Check out what Spurgeon has to say about the Christian life. This is really good. And I'll close with this right here. Let me see if I can find it. It's on the next page. I started numbering the pages. Okay, hallelujah. 
The teaching of our Lord in this chapter has very much to do with Christianity in connection with this present life and its cares and its troubles. God has nowhere promised us exemption from affliction and trial. You may rest assured that if it had been best for us to be taken away from heaven directly when we were converted, the Lord would have done it. And seeing he has not done so, there are wise reasons why he keeps his people here for a while. The gold must go through the fire ere it has its place in the king's crown, and the wheat must be exposed to the winnowing fan ere it can be taken into the heavenly garner. We'll pick up on this next week. Let me pray for you guys. Hallelujah. Lord God, God of grace, God of mercy, God of the second and third and the fourth and the fifth chance, oh God, I pray for those that have fallen away that are trapped into the apostasy that have been taken out by false teaching, Father God, that have neglected so great a salvation, Father God, that have drifted away from you, Father God. I pray for those whose hearts have been hardened, Father God, by the deceitfulness of sin, O God. I pray that you give them mercy, O God. Father, don't let them go, Father God. When their bodies are shut down, when their minds are at rest at night, Father God, win them. Wonder them with your presence, with your goodness, with your grace, O God. I pray in Jesus' name, Father God, that they would not be lost, but they would return unto you, the shepherd and the bishop of their souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.